difficult YouTube time because currently, like, all the Pokemon cards and bat and games and stuff are doing all their competitions, mm. and all the GDC stuff is happening. GDC. Yeah, GD- yeah, GDQ. I suppose that would be. Yeah, my feed is just clogged up with um hours of streams. I'm not going to watch. That's better than not having anything to watch. You're right because having that stuff on um prolongs me getting up to the trailer for the Super Sons um animated movie. Remember how I said like the DC movies are looking nice again? Yeah. We're talking, like, the Iron Man animated series, like, ugly, clunky CGI. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, never mind. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast whose thirst for knowledge keeps resulting in Kuru disease. My name is Toby DePolit, and I fucking don't have a pen. Um, I also like zombies. Um, but I find that they're best when combined with another element. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those genres that need a little... Need a, you have to put some sprinkles on there. You I know, love sprinkles. Like, what happens when you get zombie plus marriage? Ooh. You get corpse bride. True. Yep. Zombie plus girl pop idol band. Um, just a good anime. Zombie land saga. Um, you know, you got things like co-ed and the zombie stoner, which is one of your faves. Um, you know, the first parts of the Caribbean technically has a lot of zombie elements to it. Um, and the dozens of times zombies have been mixed with strippers and sex workers. They're all good. They do like doing that a they, lot, don't they? They do. I'm getting a pen. What's your favourite one of those? Of zombie sex? Yeah. Of the horny zombie film genre, where, where do you stand? Again, I like the co-ed one. That's, uh, it, you know what? Yeah, that's like a teen sex movie. It's yes. like American Pie. Alright, I will play I will pay that. Um, Producer Kaya, thank you very much for... Fuck, I don't know how you get my, my, my sweet zombie tramp pen to work. I couldn't. It really drove me nuts. Oh, you lied? I've got a different one. No, it kind of works, but it's like it's got sand in it, and it just like goes no. Right, we'll get to the bottom of that. Good, good episode, good start. Um, today's manga topic is no exception. We take your run-of-the-mill zombie outbreak. We add a bucket list element. Uh, the world is ending, but we got shit to do. As this, usual. This is Zom 100, or Bucket List of the Dead. Mm. Thank um, you. Yep, joining me as always is producer Miss Kyle. Um, what is your favourite zombie combo overall? Not just the... <laughs> I'm not excluding it, just the, the horny ones. Oh, um, hmm, I'm not sure. Parts of the Caribbean is a zombie movie. Technically. It's, just, it's weird to think about, but it is, huh? Again, technically. Yeah, I'll play it. Um, alright, so, Zom 100, um, first appeared in October 2018 in an issue of Monthly Sunday Gene X. Um, Zombie 100 was written by Haro Aso, with art by Kritaru um, Takata. Haru created a couple series um, called Hide and Closer and Alice in Borderland. After those, he pretty much retired from the art side of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying his art style is bad. Um, like, thumbing through some of his like Google entries are pretty cool. But I really do love the art done by Kritaru Takata in this. Um, he covers the cute charm of typical day in the life sort of manga that we normally gravitate to. 
Um, while hitting the grotesque moments of a horror title, um, which is where it begins. So, would you like to jump right into this one? Okay. The adventure opens with a man screaming in anguish as he runs from a swarm of zombies. Um, they aren't. In, we aren't into the thick of it yet, though. It's just a movie, just mm-hmm. a hint at things to come. Um, a movie watched by a very depressed and defeated young man named Akira. Um, he would gladly swap places with the um, the man in the movie. He reckons he has it worse. He has a fucking job. Oh, that's pretty bad. Mm. His room is a reflection of how he is feeling. No surface isn't covered with some sort of you know trash or bullshit as he lays down to sleep a little before work. Um, instead of a dream sequence, we get a flashback, which sort of sets up to show us how and who Akira is. Mm. Um, three years pro, we have Akira joining a production company. Like, you know, office sort of stuff, but... Um, he goes in thinking it's a good company with a healthy and supportive environment. Any company that uses buzzwords like environment or culture usually are the fucking worst. Probably. Um, yeah, he looks so bright and excited to be a working man coming out of school. Uh, while being introduced around the office, we meet um, Sayori, who is a, a very cute little design. Uh, as I'm flick through looking for it. Yeah, this one. See what I mean? Like, the artist can do, like, cutie things, but he also does oh, yeah. all the zombie stuff really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's cool. Not really, she sucks, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah. The trope puts her as sort of the waifu of the piece right away, you can sort of tell. Because she gets one of those almost full pages, and not just one image, but a closer up one too. You know, that's usually a, it's usually a big sign, doubling up the indulgence. Mm-hmm. After his day of getting set up and meeting everyone, um, the team all go out drinking together. Um, while struggling to resist looking at Sayori, Akira decides he will do, you know, he will do good at this job, and he will make a play for her later on once he's settled in and looking nice and talented and doing all of the things. Um, but that's when things fall apart very quickly. Oh no! Yep, everyone gets get far. No, everyone gets up to leave for work again. This was just a break. They're doing you know, some unpaid overtime after this. After his first shift rolls through the night, and then the following day, um, Akira realizes it's, it's one of those companies that, it, you know, the ones that exploit the people kind of things. Um, you get a montage of unpaid overtime, bosses that yell at you for asking permission to do shit, and then yelling at you for doing things without asking later on. Um, so many energy shot drinks to keep people awake that there's blood in their urine. Um, etc. etc. The worst part for Akira is his cubicle is next to the department's boss's office, so he gets to listen to Sayori getting railed through the wall. Ew. Not literally through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, but banging against it. That's not nice. Yeah, that's no good. So, poor Akira is trapped. He don't like it. I really <laughs> if, wouldn't have guessed. If he leaves, it'll you know it'll be the good workers that have to pick up the slack. It won't really solve anything, and he'll just make it worse for the good of people. Mm. You know? So, while he thinks about this stuff, like, there's a moment where he bumps into a mailbox and apologizes to it. Aww. Um, It's one of those, it's, it's not like subtle because it's a whole panel, but it's one of those moments between everything that I really enjoy about the series. Like, um, while dealing with bosses who are asking for more or less undoable tasks, Akira starts to get worse, thinking about how being hit by a bullet train would be working. Um, that brings us to sort of the now. Uh, three years of being just a broken drone worker. Hmm. Um, so Akira wakes up in that morning after 
where we started and goes to leave for work before seeing his bicycle parking spot bill is overdue. So he's like, oh, quickly got to swing by the apartment office to pay that off. Otherwise, they will sell your bike. Yeah. Um, he goes inside and sees a mangled superintendent munching on a dead body. <laughs> um, they both look at each other for a second, and then the the superintendent charges at him. Um, Akira darts out of there, dodging, swinging doors as more zombies come out of their respective apartments. He gets back to his own and locks the door. Um, his first reaction is, fuck, I'm going to be late for work. But then he thinks about that. It's yeah. a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I don't think he even needs to go to work anymore. He is free. Finally, freedom. Alright, so we're sort of at the moment when Fry hits the year three thousand. So let's let's talk about the universe a little bit. Um, him being free from the zombie, oh, fr- free from work in a zombie world, mm. is a very very clear euphemism or metaphor about how um this character is free from just like shitty mind numbing work. Yeah. So he's surrounded by you know drone workers in a sense, but you know zombies. Yeah. Makes sense. And, I feel zombie-esque when I go to work. Yeah, exactly. Um and if my notes have trouble reflecting like the positiveness of the series, it's because it's um it's like Alvaro says about how it was really hard to write for, like, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, because a lot of the material is already done, so yeah. you can't make a lot of the tomato puns because they're already in the film. Where It's it's similar to this, like, it's very... For a horror zombie book, it is insanely fun. Yeah. It is, yeah. Because, yeah, it's about a dude free from responsibilities, enjoying the shit out of it while he can. The list part makes me think, like, mentally associated with My Name is Earl, but it's completely different in every way. It's just because there's a list that frames a lot of the plot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. Alright. So yeah, that's where we stand. We're, we are at zombies now. He's upon the roof. The world's in chaos. Like, you see, like, fire and screaming and obviously zombies everywhere. Mm-hmm. But Akira looks at the world in colour now. You know, the, the the bright green trees. It's, it's ironic because it's a fucking black and white manga. The blue sky. The blood is gross, sure, but the red looks nice. No more pale office monochrome bullshit for him. Ha <laughs> ha! You see what he I mean? He made it. Yep. He starts thinking about all the cool shit he can do now that he has time off because it starts off with him being like, oh man, when I was going to, on, on my next weekend, I was going to try and get like a motorcycle license mm. or something. But he's like, well, now I have... A forever weekend. <laughs> so it, it snowballs really hard. And I think you start to see the list idea start to form like right away. Because mm. he's like, oh, here's all the shit I was going to do on my weekend. But because the window's bigger, the things he can pack into it are much bigger. Mm. Um, Yeah, while he's there, he thinks of Sayori. You know, Akira was busy doing clubs and school shit. So he kind of went straight into the workforce as well. So he never really found the time to confess his love to a woman. All right. So who knows how long he'll be able to hold out with all these zombies around. Mm-hmm. Akira decides, fuck it. She might be the boss's fleshlight, but he will tell her how he feels. So what off I he mean, goes. The next now's is, as good a time as any. That's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> Which is probably part of the charm for the series. I, I like that. Ah, screw it. Let's do a thing sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the next moment is one I enjoy as a bit of a running gag for a little while. Oh, I'm burping. Um, a married couple are having a very melodramatic time because it's a fucking zombie invasion. Yes, you do. You know, the world's ending and shit. Um, and yeah, zombies bang on their door and they're sort of trapped and doomed and scared. They stand on the balcony and look across a destroyed Japan uh, when Akira starts making his way past down the drain pipe. <laughs> yeah, um, they all kind of look at each other and the couple try to get him inside where it's safe and he's like, nah man, I got this date. <laughs> he keeps making his way down, offering to pick him up some supplies on his way back. Yeah, I love that the world is treating the zombies, you know, like Resident Evil legit zombies, while Akira is treating the zombies like Dead Rising goofy, fucking around kind of stuff. I mean, they're just, they're like, I wouldn't even call them an inconvenience to him. They're an obstacle course, which is it's a fun positive thing. Like we see a lot of overly melodramatic zombie stuff. And it's I'll, very Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I I've really enjoy when the zombies are treated like a threat but like this so is it's problem, in a funner world like, yeah so is life mm. when it's um when it's less like corona and more like a oh they're gonna raid area 51 <laughs> kind of media coverage you know what i mean mm. so um using uh, the emergency employees database he finds her address and rides his bike to sayori's place he finds the door unlocked and steps inside, and he finds the boss there, uh, Neki. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, he's also a, a zombie. Yeah. Neki zombies are worse. Mm, mortis penis. You don't say it. Fuck. <laughs> Akira takes a deep breath and monologues to him. He says, sir, do you have a minute? And obviously he's like... Rrr. But, um... <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's time we talked. I've been breaking my back for this company for years, and all it's done is turn me into, excuse the expression, a zombie. Um, I don't even remember what it was I was working for, and like as he's saying it, he starts to take off his tie. It pains me to say this, but it's time I regain control over my life, so consider this my resignation. Remembering his time doing rugby in school, as the boss zombie starts lumbering toward him, Akira sprints forward and tackles him like through the fucking door into the bedroom. <laughs> Yep, he straightens up and starts to call out to Sayori, but sees her falling out of her lingerie. Big bite mark in between her arm and shoulder, like around here. Very similar to where Janie Bell's one is, which I found personally. On, on the outside. Definitely... It's on the outside. He didn't bite her armpit. I'm in the space between the, the shoulder and the arm. I know, the, but I originally was like, ew, why did you bite her armpit? <laughs> well, I, I make a mental note of it because it's one of those completely like, 100% an accident Easter egg sort of things where I'm like, oh, cool, that's, like, the, the zombie tramp bite. But there's no way they did that on purpose because who cares, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so that's fun. Um, she is obviously a zombie. Akira takes, like, a single panel to feel sort of dread and sadness before pushing on. You know, like, he... Dang it! Yeah, he takes a moment oh. to go, oh, yeah, this is an awful situation. But, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll keep going. He's like an energy drink, this boy. Um... Yeah, he tells her he tells her grailing corpse that he's head over heels in love with her. Uh, she gets up and runs at him, and he scurries away. And on his way out, he's like, "At least I get to saw those boobies." I mean, you know, positives. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk a lot about like not safe for work cosplayers on this podcast, but I love the Bishojo mum, the one who was selling her butt pillow. 
um, she did that character, like, the before and after zombie versions, mm. and that's it. You don't see her again. Weird. It's weird. It's very niche of a choice, is what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Um, so fo- the following morning, Akira wakes up, and you know what he does, Claire? What do you do on your first day off of work? What's the thing you do at the house? Sleep. Oops. He cleans the apartment. Huh. <laughs> he has clean- I mean, I have to do that. He has tidy update. Yeah, he's still in a great mood to be out of work, and he's like, good morning world, and he's just met with zombie moments from the street below. <laughs> um, once his place is tidy, Akira wants this to be his rest day. Hmm. He wants to have some beers and watch TV and just chill. That's nice. Trouble is, when he goes to the fridge for a second one, his fridge do be lacking. Oh, no. This chapter might be called Bucket List of the Dead, but to me it's just the classic beer run adventure. Mm. That's where we're at. You're going to get some beers. Nice. So the married couple on that lower balcony are accepting the fact that police and the government are not coming and it's all over. Then suddenly from the balcony they hear, Morning, Mr. and Mrs. Kosaka. Nice weather, huh? This is <laughs> this fucking dumb boy from upstairs and <laughs> climbing down again. Akira's asking if they've got any beer. Oh, okay. You've got some beer? Yeah, they keep a dry household, though. No. So off he goes <laughs> to definitely a 7-Eleven image with the logo missing that has been traced for a background to get beers and supplies for those two. Okay. It's like, do you guys need important stuff? I'm going to go get beer. <laughs> um, now, the lady asks for, like, trashy women's magazines to give her something to think about. I mean, she's bored. Mm. Um, how do you feel about the tracing stuff in predominantly Japanese sort of mangas? I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess. I feel like it depends on where it is as to how I feel about it. Um, I just think it needs justification or something. In this, I don't mind it because the artist is pouring, you know, soul into other things and it adds a nice realism to use Jim Beam or a Harley Davidson motorcycle or a 7-Eleven instead of, um, I wrote this down phonetically because I couldn't read it properly, Ushke Baha from Fallout, which mm. is an Irish type of whiskey. Okay. Um. And Wolfsbane from GTA, which is a knockoff Harley Davidson, or the 911 from Teenage Euthanasia. Yeah. And something else around the same time. We've seen we've seen that joke a few times. But that's the thing, it kind of gives it like a parallel world feel. Yeah, it makes the comparison a bit a bit smoother. Um when it's gen it's when it's it's when it genuinely feels lazy to trace shit like Greg Land's art mm. when it becomes a bit of a problem. You know what I mean? Um, manga backgrounds and objects, I guess, are where I'm cool with it, especially when they do, like, instruments mm. and stuff, because it, I don't know, I, I feel like I, I don't mind it as much. It's when you start tracing your characters, I think, I think a line gets crossed then. I don't know, because it's hard to draw feet. <laughs> and we have seen comic artists that are like, you know what, I can't do it, but I'm just going to stick with it. And We're all thinking about that dude who did X-Men and Deadpool and stuff, whose name I am fucking struggling with right just now. Just saying, maybe sometimes you need to. You shouldn't, because it's, it's, you know, copyrights. But same time, feed a hot. I can figure this out. I should, have, I should be able to pull that. Rob Liefeld, motherfucker, there he is. He, he does some good feet. They're fun. <laughs> They're great. Yeah. That one that had two left feet, that was a good one. But anyway, yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of like background tracing and stuff in this, and I, I don't mind it too much. It, Who cares? 
If yeah. you're putting the effort into the main character, who cares? Yeah, you get, you're getting it in other places, so it's fine. Um, so Akira gets inside and just starts singing about brewskis when he stumbles into another person, an alive one. Oh no! A woman in gym clothes gathering health drinks and and things like that, healthy shit. She's on the front there. She's got a yoga pants on. Um, yeah, they make a little awkward small talk before Akira asks her if she, if she wanted to exchange contact info, given the humanity pool is starting to dwindle. Um, she looks into his basket with nothing but beer in it and says, no, thank you. Um, he's clearly not bright or useful and will only get in her way. Mm. That's right. She's classic pseudore who oversteps the line of being serious and is just being a relatively rude bitch. Um, my first character like that was, um, Seiya Takagi from High School of the Dead. I fucking hated her so much. But you could say lots of characters fall into the, you know, mean on the outside, soft on the inside kind of category. Like, even fucking Leela from Futurama to a point. Yeah. I just don't like the aloof, discourteous kind that are just jerks to everyone's face for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... There's one here in Bucket List. Um, she also steals Akira's bike after leaving the store. Rude. Hmm. Can you think of any that are mean characters like that? Misty from Pokemon a little bit. But she was, like, nice enough, I guess. Nesta from a book series? Hmm, of course. That you have no idea about? Nope. Stop acting like you. Like, yes! Oh. Yeah, I, I ain't got time for jerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Akira panics for a moment because obviously his mode of transportation is gone. Um, before he sees like a Vespa scooter just on its side close by, because most vehicles are still around, and most of the zombies didn't think to take the keys with them when they turned. And they don't need it. So he rides the scooter for a bit, all of like a block and a half, thinking it's not a bad, it's not a bad upgrade from a pedal bicycle. Before realizing he could take a better bike. <laughs> So cut to him roaring along on definitely a Harley Davidson fat boy. Um, thanks to um, uh, my dad, who's sometime guest on this podcast, who helped me um, narrow down what type of Harley Davidson it was. We can't get the year, but it's a fat boy. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a fun little moment of lev- levity before a much more grim one. Mm. Yeah, him goofing around on a motorbike. So Akira gets home on his shiny new bike and stops by the married couple's balcony to give them their bits. Um, But they aren't there. Just a lot of damage to the room and blood splatter. Oh, no. I know. I loved them. I I like how they're having the worst time and he's just, like, living. Yep, so they're gone. Um, That night, Akira accepts that he could die tomorrow or in 60 years. It doesn't matter. Either way, he needs to make the most of whatever that time is. It's like one of those YOLOs, but they mean it kind of thing. Oh, no. It's not just a do it for the vine. It's a, it's a out of genuine things. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes and gets a notepad and begins working on a list he calls 100 things to do before becoming a zombie. Bucket list. The first four, he or he's already done. Get there. Confess love to a girl, clean my room, loaf around drinking beer for a day, and ride a motorcycle. Then for every good one, like travel the country and meet the woman of my dreams, there's a dumb thing that Akira was just genuinely curious to try sometime, such as wine and dine a flight attendant or grow a cool beard. Okay. Um, that's That one we do see next 
you know, the following morning he looks at his light patchy stubble and in a rush to see what he would frankly look like. Um, he just kind of like colours himself in with a sharpie. Oh no. Decides it looks really dumb and washes it off and crosses that off the list before deciding to aim for number 32 instead. Uh, drink and laugh with my best bud. Hmm. See, the internet's working again, which means his phone works again, but it also means less people are trying to use their fucking devices and call for help now. So good and bad. Um, yeah, so Akira remembers a tough dude from his rugby days who couldn't just lie down and die in all this. He calls his buddy Kenichiro. Kenichiro. Yeah, Kenichiro. I get it mixed up because it makes me think of the ch- like the little kid from um, fucking the, the really dumb one. Uh, ghost Stories. There's the same name. You remember that boy. The one who just didn't have fucking dialogue and just made noise. His pajamas were gay. Um, in a Shinjuku love hotel, inside the bondage room, a zombie woman growls and struggles in one of those bondage frames. You know the big X-shaped ones. So living off the mini bar in you know of, in the fridge there, this is Kinichiro. His phone rings and it's Akira. He's like, long time no see. Want to catch up for drinks? Kenichiro tells him, bro, just forget about me, man. This place is crawling with zombies. I'm fucking literally trapped. Oh, no. Akira, just living in the moment, tells him, oh, don't sound so down, man. I'll, I'll come pick you up. No stress. I got a bike. <laughs> yeah, I got this cool bike. So after a flashback that showed um, Kenichiro bragging about his cool job and Akira, oh, and telling Akira that he should quit his shitty one, and they have like a bit of a, they don't have a fighting match, but. Akira bitches that he just likes to brag about how cool his life is. He's just been a jerk. And they have, like, a little bit of tension there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, we get... The, after that reflection, we see um, Kenichiro start to hear a noise outside. Mm-hmm. It's a car horn. And all the zombies sort of go off to investigate while Akira sneaks in. Um, so Kenichiro ducks his head out of the room. And Akira is there, and he's just, like, already sobbing, and he's like, man, you're right, I should have quit, my job was so fucking bad, man, I didn't mean it. <laughs> um, but the noise he is making uh, gets the zombies to start back towards them. So the two run further up the hotel to the rooftop, and they just sort of, like, cram a bunch of AC units on the door. Nice. So they've got to, um, you know, they've got to get to the next building, they've got to jump, you know. Um... Yeah, while they're sort of getting ready to jump, Kenichiro admits he wasn't happy at his real estate job, and he always wanted to be a comedian. That's his secret. Okay. That's his secret shame. Sure, why not? Well, he's like, he's clearly like a big jock-looking success story. Yeah. But he secretly just wanted to be like a funny guy and make people smile. Um. So. Yeah, Akira's like, oh man, just fucking do that then. Like, who cares? Yeah. It's not like you have to go to work anymore. And, um, as when Kenichiro jumps across the building, he rips off all his clothes midair <laughs> to prove he is ready to be funny. Kind of landing on his balls on the, <laughs> on the next building. Um, but yeah, they spend the night up on that next building, you know, sort of clear from the zombies with a nice campfire and, and the beers from the bag. And they chat a bit and share a laugh and we see it get crossed off the list. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
So the volume wraps with a bit more of an explanation of um, Yoga Pants Bitch, mm-hmm. um, whose name is uh, Shizuka Mikazuki. That's a name and a half. You know what I'm going to say now? Like, we're, we're going to cover the first two volumes here. We're doing a bit of a double feature because yeah. they're relatively short books and the panels are really big, so it doesn't take long to smash through, which is good. They're very popcorn-y fun and easy to, you know, take in doses. So yeah. I'd recommend them. Um, but I've read a little bit further than these notes now. And I would say she gets pretty redeemed in Volume 3. So a lot of my notes would be like, fuck this bitch, she's so fucking annoying, she has no qualities. Um, take that with a grain of salt, because they fix it, is what I'm saying. No. If you read a little further than this podcast, then you'll be fine. Cool. Yeah, there's some there's some fun stuff there. Um, so yeah, she's the jerk from the 7-Eleven. We see her sort of in wherever the fuck she is. Uh, training, taking vitamins, trying to contact survivors over like radio and all sorts of different things. She's writing a list called "A Hundred Things to Do to Avoid Becoming a Zombie." Mm. Um, and I like that she's watching zombie movies for research. Um, but they're all like you can see the spines of the DVDs, and they're all just like straight rips of movies that exist, like Evil Dead and Shaun of the Dead, and all sorts of fucking things. Nice. Again, like that bit. Stuff like that, like the world building by um by tracing, I think that's really that's a great one there, because like what possible research could you be getting from fucking like zombie land? Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's just a fun bit to me. I mean, if you if you're gonna watch all the useful ones, you might as well watch the unuseful ones. Yeah, just in case something good in there. Um, how do you feel about the first volume? It's pretty fun. There's a lot of set. I mean, you, There's a lot of setup, but it's sort of quick too. It's like a good yeah. pilot. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Mm. Again, as usual, I haven't watched it. You've been you've been doing stuff, planning our expeditions. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the second volume opens up with Akira and Kenichiro hanging on Akira's roof again. They've moved a bunch of his shit upstairs, and they're crossing stay-at-home camping off the list. Good work. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little setup, I'm not going to lie. As I find it. Oh, yeah, more zombies. See, look at this, man. they got tape. they got TV, they got video games, they're living. they got barbecue. Yeah, that's fine. They've, they've got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, they've moved a bunch of your shit up there. They're doing some camping. Kenichiro is looking at his list and can't help but notice there's only, like, fucking 30 things on his list of 100. Mm. He's like, oh, I haven't finished it. And he's like, oh, well, I'll help. And he writes down, become a stand-up comic <laughs> in the list. <laughs> um, yeah, Akira's like, hey, man, that's fucking my list. But um, Kenichiro's of the um, mindset that um, because he saved his life, he's sort of along for the ride now. So, um, so yeah, he's like, well, well now it's our list because I've written it. <laughs> yeah. So they decide to go and get a bigger TV because one of the things on the list is... Com- um, marathon video games on a huge flat screen. Mm. That was one of his bucket list items, so they have to go get a better TV. So, they head into the city on the bike, only to run into a big traffic jam of crashed cars. It kind of blocks their path. Before they can do much, a truck on fire is just speeding down the road. And to escape that, they ride the motorbike down into the underground, where all the cars explode above them on street level. Um, they can't get far downstairs either, because they're roadblocked again by more zombies. So they have to sort of dive under this, these store shutters and slam them shut. Mm-hmm. Sort of like chopping more. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So, see what I mean? Like, the zombies are predominantly used to, like, steer a path for the characters. They're not necessarily a huge threat. No, they're just there. Yeah. So, um, you know what they find inside the store? More survivors. Mm -hmm. So, we're pinned into this place. Um, There's one more dude there and three women. Mm -hmm. It's like a supermarket of of sorts, one with booze. So, you know, just like the 7-Eleven and the bike. I like that it's... I like that the bottles of of alcohol that one of the women have is just clearly Jim Beam. (laughs) Just clear as fucking day. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, it's fine. So everyone sits down with snacks and drink, and the girls explain that their plane landed into a zombie infested Japan, and this is sort of where they ended up getting pinned down in. Um, our boys look at each other. Mm-hmm. And they're like, What do you mean your plane landed? List item number nine wine and diner flight attendant. Nice. I love that, like, even the weird ones are getting covered so quickly. <laughs> It is pretty interesting, yeah. I suppose. I'm not looking forward to get grow dreadlocks, frankly. Like, he's 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 a Japanese kid. <laughs> it also just means that he's not showering. Hmm. No, they're showering. Um, actually, I don't think I wrote it down, but I'm pretty sure at the start of fucking no, I apologize. This might be in volume three. No, halfway through this one, I will get to it. Spoilers for later in my notes. Okay. But they are, they're, they're bathing, they've been using the water tower in the apartment building. Okay. Because it has enough for, you know, all those rooms, it has enough to tide over two people for a little while. I suppose so, that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, Akira starts to focus on completing the wine and dine the flight attendant goal. <laughs> which isn't necessarily going well, it's not like anyone is really enjoying the situation. Yeah. I think he's the only one blind to the fact that it's a zombie outbreak and everyone's dying. Yeah, it's fine. That's kind of, yeah, that's his attitude. It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're doing other things. Um, he looks, he looks to the ladies' man, Genichiro, for help, but he's already sort of one-on-one with, with one of the other girls, contem- uh, complimenting her toenail paint and stuff. So he's, he's no help now. He's already gone. Akira decides he will impress by snorting tequila. I don't know where that idea comes from. Okay. So after he's in the bathroom vomiting and sort of like... Sitting at the bowl being like, well, that didn't work so good. Um, no, I one, wouldn't, yeah. One of the girls comes to check on him. That's nice. Kenichiro is away with, with one of the other ones, and the last one is with the dude who was already there. Alright. So everyone's sort of naturally paired off. But, um, Kaya, if you've seen any fucking zombie movie with any group in them, mm-hmm. what always happens? What is the trope here? What's the cliche? Um. One is hiding a... You don't watch enough horror movies. I don't. I don't tell. There's always one that's been bitten and is hiding it. Every fucking time. I was gonna say that, but then you kept looking at me with like suggestive eyes, and I was like, okay. Because I'm like, come on, she's got to know this one. They all do it. Every fucking one of them do the zombie bite secret, and then you wandered off with bonus. I'm like, goddamn it. Gotta love a good bonus. She's left. She's left the building for cock yet again. Oh no, not hmm. again. <laughs> Alright, so um So yeah, one's hiding a bite. As the chapter becomes a part two, um, I like that with the zombies in the landscape panel. Like when it shows the the openings. You know how every episode of Family Guy has to start with it? And it's a bit it's just a fucking still image of their house. Mm-mm. You know, you gotta have one of those at the start of every bit. 
I like that some of the zombies, like, on the surface level are on fire because they were there when the truck exploded. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's those little details that I really appreciate in this sort of series. Um, so while this girl with Akira has a boyfriend on her, um, they still have a little deeper meaningful for a while about dreams and goals in their life. Uh, the random guy that who was already there, you know, becomes a zombie because he had a bite. Oh, no. Um, and he attacks the third flight attendant who was he who he was with. Um, she screams, and the sound is heard by Kenichiro, who stops fucking his flight attendant and decides to go investigate. So he comes along, along with his little friend who is pretty bow-legged. It's, it's, it's like a funny little sort of moment in the background where she's just kind of like uninterested in what's happening. She is, she's got that, you know, that post-O glow. Yep, so now Zombie 1 pounces, rips the face off her, um, so she's dead. Meanwhile, um, Akira and the last girl are still talking when that random dude attacks her. Akira punches him down the stairs, but it's too late. Poor girl has a big old bite on, on, on her collarbone. Though. That's not very nice. No, she tells Akira to just run along and get out of there. And he does the typical, oh no, I can't abandon you, that would be rude sort of stuff. Um, but I like her saying that the night had been fun while smiling to him. It's a cute little mark, like, it's a cute image, but the entire background of the panel is the zombie dude, like, leaping it, like, onto the, and you can, you can say a thing while I look for the panel to show you. I think that's a bit rude, but at the same time. Yeah, at the same time, everyone, everyone's doomed, always, it's, it's one of those sort of, it's a zombie adventure, them's the rules. We're like a good zombie adventure. I'm impressed um, Kenichiro is making it as far as he has, because he's not the main guy. What would you have on your list? Um, I, I was going to wait till we got to, like, homework. Oh, I'm sorry. But <laughs> but that's cool. Oh, I'll shut up now. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> there we go. Like, the entire background is a big screaming fucking horror image. Oh, and she's just And she's just nice and sweet in the foreground. Oh, Lord. That's actually a really good um way of describing the artist's ability to do, like, the cute day in the life, like blend S style I, shit. I can do, but also like, yeah, yeah, he, do, he does a bit of everything. Yeah. Whereas the guy who did um High School of the Dead was doing horrific zombies, but also fan service, and there's not a fucking panel that isn't an upskirt. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> um, Akira is running away from that fucking fiasco. And he bumps into Kenichiro, who's running away from his fucking fiasco. And he's like, oh yeah, everyone else is a zombie, let's fucking get out of here. But also, look at this. And he's just got like a giant box <laughs> the TV. And he's like, look, I grabbed it on the way out. And Akira's like, fuck yeah, let's get out. <laughs> so, like, Akira's crying when he's like, oh hell yeah, we got the TV. But like, it, yeah, the, the book is set up to be like, yeah, we're free from like, the horrible horrors of just being someone with a job mm. but at the same time it also does the i'm forcing myself to think about this bucket list because everything around me is really shit right now mm. so yeah he's um one of those people that really put their mind into their job when something bad happens but his job is just goofing as you do yeah so they get on their motorbike and get the hell back to their rooftop pad while they're akira thinks about um the, the flight attendant girl's dreams. Um, Kenichiro's dreams of comedy. And he tries to remember what his dream was before he had his soul crushed by a drop. Um, and that leads to a flashback to when Akira was just a kid. And he's saving another boy and his, like, little dog from a bully. 
He's like, I think I wanted to be a hero. Um, so well, yeah. So here's the part where I'm like, oh yeah, they definitely use running, well, not running water. They're just fucking using the tank and buckets. Yeah. But um, they're bleaching Kanichiro's hair and, and sort of rinsing it. Okay. Well, they talk about that. Um, and why that's a weird idea. It is a little bit, but that okay. he wants to be a hero. Um, but Akira's done a little research, and they decide to go and get him a hero costume. He's nice. like, it's, it kind of reminded me of Kick-Ass a little bit, where it's like, I kind of want to do a thing, let's find a tactical hero outfit that already exists. So yeah, um, they have to go to the aquarium to get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Kenichiro looking in a tank. Like, this is a good, like, way to show the panel work. Um, he's looking into this tank, and he's like, that would be insane if this was still day one. And the next panel is we just see them looking at this huge fucking grey-white shark, rotting, zombified, with scuba divers also rotting, hanging out of its stomach. I don't like that. No, it's... Very, it's, it's again, the guy draws some good horror. Yeah. Um, speaking of scuba divers, that's what they're here for. See, the divers for the shark and croc tanks have these special scuba suits that are made of steel fibre. And it's basically chainmail. Like, it's bite-proof. Yeah. So... If it can protect from a shark bite, it can probably survive a dead human's bite. You would hope, anyway. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely hope. Um, and that's what they're looking for. Meanwhile, outside, a bus is stuck in traffic. Um, and it's got a few people still alive on it, and they're like, fuck, we're trapped. Because of, like, just crashed cars in front of them. They're going to have to make a run for it. It's clearly not a bright idea, as the bus driver gets annihilated, like, immediately. Like, he takes one step off the bus and just is, like, <laughs> just hit with, like, just a wall of zombies. That's not good. Yeah. Um, the people make a run for the aquarium, and this girl trips over. And when she thinks her time has come, something dashes past and strikes the zombie. It's Akira, in his suit. In his little scuba suit. Being a hero. Oh, it's... It's literally a scuba suit. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing I can... The mask he's wearing is even one of those ones. It's like a full face dive mask with the snorkel sticking out the top of a Teletubby style. Oh no. Yeah. He saves her and guides the people inside. Sure, the zombies can't bite his flesh, but the pressure from the bites still kind of hurt like a big pinch, and he's just kind of left outside to be nibbled on while everyone gets, like, Kanichiro gets everyone else inside. Yeah. Just leaves him out there. So when he comes back inside after finally, like, pushing all of them, like, into the river, <laughs> um,. He talks to one of the survivors in particular, who is Shizuka, hmm. mean girl. Oh, yeah. She doesn't thank him so much as tell him off because heroism doesn't benefit him and he must be a loser to think that way he's definitely going to die. Hmm. So she's mean, <laughs> and but they have bigger problems, bigger fish to fry, so to speak, because there's a cracking sound. Oh, no. And the room starts to fill with water. The shark is out. Um... But the legs are uh, sort of carrying it along. The, the zombie scuba legs are keeping it, you know, on ground as it as it attacks. It's very um Gyo from Junji Ito. Remember that one? A little, yeah. Yeah, when they're like, "What if all the fish had legs and were mean?" Mm. So yeah, all the people are running out of that room into this stuff only sort of area. The, a panicking girl shoves Suzuka aside, um, in the rush. So when they all stop and catch their breath, Akira realizes that the mean bitch is is missing. She's still back there, oh, no. and he rushes into hero action. Well, that's nice at the end, at least. Yeah. 
So she's out with the shark, accepting her fate. She says it's her own fault for being in a group. Groups um can cause mass hysteria and can be a whole thing, so it's not worth doing. Yeah. Which we've seen her be very fixated on doing everything a very specific way to avoid uh, this. So... <laughs> But when, right. as the shark goes to attack, Akira drops in onto the shark. He doesn't really have a plan, though. <laughs> and um, Kenichiro, to his credit, tries to distract the shark by being like, oh, hello, Mr. Shark. And he just and everyone sort of looks up and he's just got his bare ass is just hanging out of an air vent. Being like, look, it doesn't have chainmail on it. You want this big old meat? <laughs> so the shark's kind of like okay. lunging at that. And he's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> why did I do this? And you, you run back into the vent, crawl away. Um, so the smart jerk girl has an idea. So sharks have sensory organs in their heads capable of, de- of detecting electrical charges, she says. She gives Akira some D batteries and tells him to punch the shark in the head with them. I don't know how Mythbusters would feel about the whole thing, but the punch has a big spark effect and the shark is sort of like knocked unconscious. Which I think... I'm sure that's based on something, but I don't know if punching it with batteries in your hand will matter. No, I don't think so. It's fine, it's cool. But yeah, it's down, so everyone's like safe. Um, we step out into the sun, and our three main characters sort of walk from the aquarium. Akira and Kenichiro are heading off to find Akira's parents, hopefully. Well, Shizuka is done with groups, and that includes these two knuckleheads. Yeah. Yeah, because she's like, I, I'm definitely... They're like, what are you going to do now? She's like, well, I'm definitely done with groups. And they're like, does that include us? And she's like, yes. <laughs> So the book ends with them wishing each other luck and our boys speeding off towards their next adventure. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about the uh, the old book, the old series here? Um, look, it's a fun take on the overall idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole shark interaction, while entertaining, is a little stupid. I think it... I do think that it's a little goofy when when you're just told about it. But because it's, you know, basing itself on zombies and horror and what have you. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, it's very clearly a reference to the Junji Ito stuff. Like, it's done on purpose. Oh, yeah. It's not so much a goofy idea as much as a um, abuse of a cliche at this point. You know, it's, it's perversion of a trope. Yeah. It's everything Rick and Morty does. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. it it's... You're along for the ride by that point, so especially when they look at each other and be like, "How does the shark control the legs?" and the other one's like, "Shut up, it's coming." It's like we don't have time to figure it out. And he's like, "Okay, come back to this." They don't, which which is a delight. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's 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 very fun, and the list part makes it gives it a really good episodic sort of style, so you can sort of pick up and binge one really easily. Yeah, I suppose so. It's very, like, I would say it's very unique. It, it puts a whole kick on the, like, bucket list thing. Because mm. usually, like, sure, you do it when you're dying or, you know, you're going to lose something. They're becoming zombies. Mm. Like. But his list isn't even that meaningful. It's, like, the dumbest shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff he's interested yeah, in. Yeah, I know. It's fun. It's a good time. Um, so, um... You sort of bring bring up a homework question. The one I have written down here, I, I, I didn't really like. So I like... That's why I didn't think it was the homework question, because you were like, this is the homework question. And then I ask a question, and no. you're like, 
That's the homework. No, the one you asked is one that that come up like after I've already written the notes. I was like, oh, that's a, that's a good idea. I should do that one. <laughs> so so this ignore this paragraph of my notes. All the look. I was going to ask what um other because of like the gear and all the other stuff, the secrets on me. But I wondered what like tropes you would like to see tackled in this. But I do like your one better of what is the important thing in the zombie invasion. I think a lot of the reason I didn't use that homework question is because I don't have a good fucking answer, frankly. I got nothing. doesn't have to be a good one. It's, it's just what, if you had your bucket list, what would you put on it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's something that you want to do, but you're like, hmm, society would one do of, that? Not okay. So one of the things... But there is no good answer. One of the images I really like as far as zombie outbreaks go is the one where they've just put a bunch of treadmills out front of their house. So the zombies, like, can't get to the house. Well, that's a good idea. So I would... It's probably a real dangerous idea, but I'd really like to test that. By which I mean go to one of the millions of gyms in our town. Mm. Um, push all of the... All the... The treadmills outside. And then, you know, most of your walls are protected by just more storefronts and concrete anyway. So just do, like, the front. Mm. With, like, maybe two rows of, ex- of exercise equipment. And just hope it works. <laughs> If it doesn't, I've made a terrible mistake. Hang out on the ceiling so that you can just, like, leave a single bit wings. Yeah. Forget about the back door. I get bit on the ass. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I-, I love the image of the house just surrounded by treadmills and just zombies, like, just walking kilometers and going nowhere. That would be nice. I would like to try that one. Hmm. I, don't, I don't have a huge list, frankly. Do I have my hair really outrageous color? <laughs> no one, no one <laughs> You wait till me. then, yeah. My mum will never find out. She'll be busy. Do you reckon that was Kanishiro's excuse for bleaching his <laughs> Yep. If it looks bad, no one will know. Yeah. It's my, my grand plan. Yeah, the only thing in my paragraph of my old homework question is that I'm impressed that I managed to sneak a um, um, Hyonyu Duragon movie reference into it, uh, which translates to Big Tit Zombie, if you remember that film. No. That that's another Japanese. I think that's maybe a broad thing, but like a lot of like the funny J horror zombies mm. are fucking so on my level. I I love the way they do not take the whole fucking thing seriously. Yeah, just they like, do a good well, B grade. This this is a new thing. Mm. Dang. Um. So, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this morning? I'm excited to see who the blonde chick is on the cover of Volume 4, but I haven't started that one yet. Mm. Um, apparently, like a couple of weeks before I started writing this episode, much like our Comey Can't Communicate episode, Netflix announced they would be adapting it the following year. Oh my. My hopes were, like, up here, because of the Comey one, aside from last episode that we watched, which we'll probably talk about on Free Period later. Mm. Um, aside from that bit, has been very good. The expectation level's high. It's going to be live action. My expectations... Are low. Yeah, they, they went... <laughs> they, they, they fell down. You know the oh, fucking... No. You know the joke where it's like the manga, the anime, the Netflix adaptation? That's... Oh, god damn it. We're playing right into the hands, Kaka. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be, I'm excited to see it. Just for the... Okay. Yeah. 
Maybe they'll maybe they'll have learnt, and they will do better. On that note, benefit of doubts. On that note, as we look towards the future for more of our fucking more of the things we like, we should wrap. We should wrap this up. Wrap it. All right. This has been the School for Wayward Nerds talking about bucket list of the dead. Yeah. Uh, is it on your recommendation list? Is it something you have? I sold you on it by completely spoiling the first two volumes in great detail. Um, it, probably. Yeah. As far as like scary books go, I think you'll be fine with it because it's got a lot of charm and goof to it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you know they're not very threatening. A straight horror. Yeah. This is. <laughs> The genuinely like terrifying moments usually get maybe half a page a piece, and that's that's all you get. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the the ratio is really good. Um, yeah, I've been joined by producer Carl. I've been here. We have recommended a book. We have. I've been your host, David Apollo. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. Um, do all the things. Email us at schoolforwardnerds at gmail dot com if you have some other books you would like us to go through or any some sort recommendations. of recommendation. Yeah, any any goodies. Um, yeah, and remember to go through like our back episodes because there's a whole bunch of shit in there these days. We've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. So there's probably at least something in there you care about. Maybe. Kai, what? Recommend a random old episode on a, with no context. Go. The Rise of Harley Quinn. Hmm. That's a good one. The second part is very sad. The Fall of Harley Quinn, which is just me shouting about how the character changed. I don't like it. You can also listen to it. It's, it's pretty recent, but our Bionicles one. Yeah. McDonald's is uh, up there as being pretty popular. I think... If you're interested. Obviously, this isn't the place, but I will say, like, McDonald's is such, like, a... There's a there's a pop culture icon to that big fucking M and that goofy fucking Royal McDonald clown. So I feel like it has its place. And yeah. it has its history, like any other huge fucking conglomerate. the same as Transformers. Or Bionicles. Or anything else. We like stuff. Yeah, we, we do like a good rabbit hole. And I hope you like a rabbit hole listener. Uh, go out and find a good one, and we will see you next week. Class dismissed. See you later. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> That's a reference to, the, to a swear word. It's going to get cut out.